0: We're going to begin with the massive, toxic train disaster in Ohio. Right now, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, is on the scene right there. You see pictures of him. Uh, This is him at the scene of that wreck where the train loaded with dangerous chemicals derailed and burst into an inferno. The
1: government's response has been facing growing criticism. A few years ago, Amazon Prime would show you a pilot episode of a show to get you hooked before they dropped all the episodes. And I caught one called Sneaky Pete. And I was like, well, this looks pretty interesting. I think I'll watch it. It seemed like it was PG or PG-13 rated. Then the next episode came out when they finally released the whole series and it was filthy and I said, I'm not interested in watching the rest of the show. Well, we have a real Sneaky Pete here who is not interested in watching the real show, the real damage, the real problems happening in East Palestine, Ohio. As these images from CNN show, Sneaky Pete snuck in to East Palestine before the residents woke up at 7, 7.30 in the morning. Well, I'm sure they went to work. These these are busy uh, uh, people. But no fanfare, just snuck in, didn't meet with the people. It was all a photo op. You can see here he's meeting with other bureaucrats, from the National uh, Transportation Safety Bureau board, whatever NTSB stands for. An absolute farce, and yet another example of their disdain and their absolute hatred. Okay, even if you don't believe in they hate real people, you can at least see that they're apathetic to what our brothers and sisters are suffering over in East Palestine. Or maybe they were afraid of the acid rain. It's raining here today and my skin has actually been burning a little bit because of what I would assume are the chemicals. As you look at the ground, you will see in the gutter again that chemical sheen as the water is running down. Um, even the cars are covered in this chemical sheen now. So this is the environment in East Palestine. That is Savannah Hernandez yesterday covering the arrival of President Trump and the water and cleaning supplies that he had sent to East Palestine a full day before Pete Buttigieg, who is currently in the current administration, even showed up. Uh, By the way, Savannah Hernandez is a contributor for Turning Point USA and obviously here on Real America's Voice, Steve Bannon's War Room. Please check out my other show, BCP Unfiltered. I had a sit-down podcast conversation with will johnson of unite america first who's also a tp usa contributor and has done reporting for real america's voice and currently has his show over on lindell tv on frank speech just go over to therealbcp.com join our community for free and watch episode 196 of BCP Unfiltered, to catch the great conversation I had with the great fellow black conservative Christian patriot, uh, Will Johnson. Please check that out. Uh, You can also catch it on Spotify and bcpextras.com. Now, as I said, Pete Buttigieg showing up for just a photo op with bureaucrats, but not with the people because the people do not want this regime. They responded too late. It is literally, not literally, but it is essentially a slap in the face at this point.
0: And again, Donald Trump making the journey and the trip over here to, again,
1: just have residents be heard. Uh, Meanwhile, Joe Biden able to go across seas to Ukraine. Another thing that many residents continue to question. They were actually chanting no more more Joe earlier today, too, before he came because they don't even want him here anymore. They don't want Buttigieg to be here. They're, They're basically just saying don't even show your face because it's too little too late. No Mo Joe was one of the signs I saw uh, yesterday being paraded in East Palestine. But let me just remind you that we've got a small issue if Joe Biden ends up resigning. By the way, have you noticed we haven't heard anything as of late about the illegally possessed classified documents in Joe Biden's possession? I haven't forgotten. Sure seems like the news cycle has. But remember, this is to force him out and to resign. And when he does, well, here's the salt on the wound. We have to deal with this liar. Every day, Joe Biden and I talk about and work together with our partners, like former leader Hoyer, current leader Hoyer, um, to lower the cost for the people of our nation, because you are a leader. For working families, we have reduced heating and electricity bills. So folks have more money in their pocket to buy things like school supplies, replace the dishwasher, or take a family vacation. (laughs) Oh, Kamala Harris is now a comedian. Talking about lower electricity bills and heating costs. Well, let's go over to Time Magazine, who has been very, very friendly. Even if I remember correctly, these are the persons of the year a few years ago. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It's going to be a lot more expensive to heat your home this winter. What to expect? That was from last October because the heating bills haven't gone down. Local news, heating bills on the rise due to increasing natural gas prices. What's that? About a month ago? uh, A month ago? Here on NBC, energy costs are expected to rise steeply this winter. Updated February 6, 2023. As winter approaches, consumers should prepare themselves for higher heating and electric bills. Yet with a straight face, a face who knows where that face has been, Kamala Harris, both face lying about how now you can buy a new dishwasher or take a family vacation. As of many of us who are worried about rising electric bills and heating bills, even have money to consider a family vacation. And when you take that vacation, you might want to now go to the Bahamas since it no longer has the presence of Sam Bankman-Fried of FTX, who is now having a vacation in his parents' basement where he has been able to contact folks at uh, his old organization and tamper with witnesses But that's okay. They just said, hey, don't do that, Sam Bankman-Fried. Well, this is what's happening with Sam Bankman-Fried now. He's been hit with four new criminal charges um, as of today. Sam Bankman-Fried has been hit with four new criminal charges via a superseding indictment in New York Federal Court as U.S. prosecutors widen their criminal case against a disgraced FDX co-founder. The added charges against the Democrat mega-donor include securities fraud, conspiracy to commit bank fraud, and operating an unlicensed money-transmitting business. This is what the Financial Times has been reporting. The updated indictment, released today, Thursday morning, brings the total number of federal charges against the ex-billionaire to 12. So, that's the latest, folks. Oh, and his trial won't be till October 2023. So, instead of his arse being in jail, he gets the cushy treatment because he gave millions of dollars to joe biden and democrats so he gets to write it out comfortably in his parents home while we have political prisoners from january 6 protesters still not receiving their proper trial being tortured and abused in the dc gulags makes me sick i think about this every day and it saddens me all because of a protest now, let's go back to the clown in charge, supposedly, and the latest coming out of Joe Biden, who yesterday said that Russia's, Russia's decision to suspend its participation in the last remaining nuclear arms control pact with the United States, he called it a big mistake, but stressed that there's no evidence that Russian Vladimir Putin is looking to use nuclear weapons. Now look, my criticism isn't on whether Vladimir Putin is going to use or not use nuclear weapons. My thing is that monumental disrespect and lack of diplomacy by the Biden regime got us in this mess in the first place. Biden made the comment on an interview with ABC News shortly after Putin announced in a national address that Moscow was suspending its participation in a major nuclear arms control treaty. It's a big mistake to do that, not very responsible. And, but I don't read into that, that he's thinking of using nuclear weapons or anything like that, Biden said. He, Biden was asked if he believes the United States is less safe now that Russia has walked away from the treaty. I think we're less safe when we walk away from arms control agreements that are very much in both parties' interests and the world's interest. But I've not seen anything, we've not seen anything that that there's a change in his posture and what they're doing. The idea that somehow this means they're thinking of using nuclear weapons, intercontinental ballistic missiles, there's no evidence of that, end quote. And then after that, he said, come on, man. Okay. World Health Organization and their Pandemic Authority... As I reported previously, the Biden administration is preparing to sign up the United States to this legally binding accord with the World Health Organization. That would give the globalist Geneva-based organization, who many have criticized for getting this pandemic wrong in 2020 and 2021 wrong in the first place. People have criticized the World Health Organization for their reaction and what they did and what have you. But Joe Biden still wants us to get in bed and be beholden to them. Well, we do have some folks in Washington fighting back against this. That is the news here. As member states of the World Health Organization prepare to gather in Switzerland next week to negotiate the final terms of an accord that will give the WHO centralized authority over U.S. policy in the case of a pandemic, Republican senators are pushing back with an effort to reinforce congressional power to authorize treaties. The draft accord, which would be legally binding on all 194 member nations, gives the World Health World, what can I say, World Health as of late, World Health Organization, the authority to declare pandemics and submit member countries to the central role of the WHO as the directing and coordinating authority of international health work in areas like lockdowns, treatments, medical supply chains, surveillance, and disinformation and false news once a pandemic is declared. Now, there are 17 U.S. Senators led by Ron Johnson who have introduced the, quote, No WHO Pandemic Preparedness Treaty Without Senate Approval Act. It states that the pandemic accord must be deemed a treaty, thus requiring a consent of a supermajority of the Senate which is 67 senators or two thirds, okay? Now, obviously, Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra uh, is uh, helping negotiate this and happy all about it, but there are the 17 senators who are with Ron Johnson in passing this No-WHO Pandemic Preparedness Treaty without Senate Approval Act. Among them are the following. I'm going to mention the first one because it is my state senator or one of my state senators. My other one is an absolute piece of garbage Democrat in drag. But I'm talking about Senator Mike Lee, who I called this morning. I called his office and let them know that I'm in support of him pushing for this.
0: Hi, Senator
1: Lee's office. Yes, this is the office for Senator Mike Lee. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, with a little static there in the beginning. Um, my name is uh, James, and uh, I live in Utah, and I want to express my support for Mike Lee to push for this No World Health Organization Pandemic Preparedness Treaty Without Senate approval Act that he's working on with Senator Ron Johnson. Okay. Perfect.
0: Um, can I get a good zip code from you so
1: I can pass along this comments? Yes,
0: 840- Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Yep, have a great day. You
1: too. Now, folks, I encourage you to do the same thing. These are the other sponsors of the bill. The great Chuck Grassley of Iowa, Bill Haggerty of Tennessee, John Barroso of Wyoming, Marcia Blackburn of Tennessee, Rick Scott of Florida, John Hoven of North Dakota, Marco Rubio of Florida, Ted Cruz of Texas, Steve Daines of Montana, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, Tom Cotton of Arkansas, Mike Braun of Indiana, Tommy Tuberville of Alabama, Roger Marshall of Kansas, and Katie Britt of Alabama. What's sad is that there aren't more Republican senators pushing for this. Take note of who is not on this list and contact your senator and let them know that they should support this. And if they are the ones that I've mentioned and shown here, then do what I did and call their office and let them know that you support their push for this. That gives them a little bit more uh, backbone and ammunition and fervor and inspiration to fight against this globalist attempt to mandate our health policy here in the United States. Okay, let's now go down to the lower chamber McCarthy having to break his silence on giving the January 6th footage to Tucker Carlson. So House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has broken his silence on why he gave Tucker access to thousands of hours of January 6th Capitol surveillance footage. He told the New York Times yesterday that he was making good on a pledge to disclose the footage and that the disclosures serve the public interest. In that article, he says, I promised... I was asked in the press about these tapes and I said they would, they do belong to the American people. I think Sunshine lets everybody make their own judgment. He also told the Times that he plans to make the tapes available more widely at an unspecified later date. Now, the Epic Times reached out to where I'm reading this article from to a McCarthy spokesperson with a request for confirmation and further comments on the disclosures. I just refreshed and there hasn't been an update to this. But what I find interesting is how you have the Washington, uh, excuse me, the New York Times spinning this, Who whom he spoke to. Once again, I wonder why they even speak to these outlets. This is how New York Times phrased it. Speaker Ken McCarthy's decision to grant the Fox host, Tucker Carlson, exclusive access to thousands of hours of security footage from inside the Capitol during the January 6, 2020 attack was his latest a move to appease the right wing of his party, this po- this time by effectively outsourcing a bid to reinvestigate the riot to his favorite cable news commentator, who has circulated theories about the assault. Very, very interesting. Going back to Epic Times, uh, it says, separately, McCarthy confirmed he had released the tape's to Carlson in an email sent out by his fundraising team. Patriots, you deserve the facts, all of the facts, the message reads. I promise I would give you the truth regarding January 6th, and now I am delivering. I have released a full 44,000 hours of uncut camera for surveillance footage, McCarthy added. It's in the pub- public interest to know everything that happened that day, not just the narrative that Pelosi's partisan committee wanted you to see ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. A commitment to all of America requires truth and transparency over partisan games, McCarthy said. Now we are delivering. And as we know, Tucker Carlson has confirmed his unfettered access to these tapes. So there are about 44,000 hours. Uh,
0: and we have, you may have read this today, been granted access to that. And we believe that access is unfettered. We believe we have secured the right to see whatever we want to see. Um, so we've been there about a week. And so we're going to spend the rest of this week taking a look at it, assessing it as honestly as we can, and we're going to bring you what we find next week.
1: Now, while they're upset that Tucker Carlson is getting an exclusive, the deep state, the Marxists, and their mockingbird Muppets and the mainstream media are really upset that their narrative, their false fake narrative, is about to be shown irrefutably. Because video evidence is very, very convincing. Now, I mentioned this, but I now want to show you the clip because it now has been released. The Metropolitan Police Department body camera footage from January 6th, in which that officer says that he was set up. Per Kyle Becker, the new footage stems from body cam footage of Metro Police Department Officer Lawrence Lazuski, which was used in the trial of January 6th defendant William Pope. I covered this a few days ago, but we I didn't have the footage that has now been released. The footage itself shows Officer Lazowski approaching a group of officers on the upper terrace of the Capitol. One officer in particular uh, appears to be upset about how easily the Capitol was infiltrated and stated that they had been set up. They set up. The up. That's what they did. They set up. The up. They set up 64. Oh, okay. absolutely. Okay. And then they asked you all to A good Two point. hours later. They set us up. They needed everybody right away. Nah, right away. Oh. They set us to f- up. So nah, we ain't got f- no way here, was home that game. We ain't got no We ain't got no They set us up. See it going viral means that they can't form the narrative. But don't worry, don't worry. The script has gone out to local news outlets that the release of the internal footage from the Capitol cameras is going to wreak havoc and it's going to make things dangerous. That's right. They're back to their old tactic of fear mongering. You are looking live at the Capitol this morning as we look ahead to something happening there today. House Democratic leaders are scheduled to discuss security concerns. This after Capitol Police turned over thousands of hours of security footage from January 6th to a cable network. They don't mention the network in some of these reports because they don't want people to know where they can see the footage once it's released. Multiple media outlets, including The Washington Post, are reporting that
0: it was House Speaker Kevin McCarthy who ordered Capitol Police to hand over the footage. But members of Congress, including some who served on the January 6th committee, say the public release of this footage is a major security breach, that it could put lawmakers at risk in the future, and it
1: compromises the location of some of these cameras themselves. Wow. No one seemed to care when Nancy Pelosi's daughter happened to be making a documentary on January 6th of her mom, and all of the mayhem that happened that day because of the insurrection. We got Chucky Schumer also, oh, worried about everything that has to do with the release of this information, but no one seemed concerned with the other other information that was handpicked and curated by the unselect joke of a January 6th committee uh, late last year and last year when they had that whole entire circus. Once again, this concern is disingenuous. And once again, the press is playing the propaganda muppets of the deep state, of the regime, of the cabal, whatever you want to call them, folks. It's the machine in D.C. that has a certain narrative. They don't want you to know that, yes, these people were set up. Yes, this was a flag of false origin attempt and they're about to get caught big time with more than just that little body cam footage I showed you a little while ago, but with actual security camera footage from inside the Capitol.
0: Now, we've obviously seen a ton of video inside and outside of the Capitol from January 6th, but we haven't seen much at all of this. Security camera footage from cameras controlled by Capitol Police inside the Capitol, and that's on purpose. Congressman Benny Thompson, who chaired the January 6th committee, said in a statement that when the committee got a look at the footage, access was limited to a small number of people. And any footage that was ultimately
1: broadcast was coordinated in advance with Capitol Police. Everything's coordinated with these people. That's how they form and convince people who are weak-minded or naive of their narrative, of their spin, of their propaganda. So here's what's going to happen later this
0: afternoon. Congress is away this week, but House Democrats are going to be holding their caucus meeting virtually. And among other things, they'll talk about the potential impact of this release of footage. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries calls this a, quote, egregious security breach that endangers the Capitol Police, although it doesn't appear the Democrats have any power to
1: stop it. It's being reported that Chucky e. Schumer is also in panic mode with Hakeem Jeffries releasing a letter to his colleagues about the, quote, treasure trove of closely held information about how the Capitol complex is protected and as public release would compromise the safety of the legislative branch. Why does this seem more like a cover-up than actual concern about the safety of the officers? The same safety they didn't seem to care about when President Trump offered security assistance the same security that nancy pelosi downgraded prior to january 6th once again because their plan was to have mass casualty so they could impeach president trump a second time let me give you an update on what's going on in project veritas Uh, these emails going out from the board asking donors not to abandon them Since O'Keefe left the organization, Project Veritas has lost hundreds of thousands of followers on social media. Quote, we hope that you might continue to give us a chance, an email obtained by Jack Posobiec begs donors. We can't stress how separate the board's role is from daily operations here at Project Veritas. We are still grinding and pursuing stories of great public importance. That shouldn't seem to be the case now, does it? That they don't care about what's going on in the daily operations, yet they're ousting James O'Keefe because of operations. We understand and share your frustrations, the email continued. We all love and respect James and hope he returns. This is difficult for everyone. Addressing O'Keefe's status of the organization, the email said that he specifically said he did not resign and the board did not fire him. The board claimed he was only placed on temporary suspension until the audit was completed after allegations that he was using donations for private benefit. So let's see what happens, folks. We're supposed to get something uh, as of yesterday. He asked the board to resign or or that a whole bunch of people would walk. As of the time I'm recording this, um, I guess they were given more time because the board hadn't met yet. So this is an ongoing developing story. Also ongoing and developing is, well, developing in that we know from the very beginning that the Joe Biden... Presidency has been a disaster. Uh, But now we're having reports that top Democrats are preparing for a 2024 in which Joe Biden is not running. Top Democrats are quietly preparing for a potential scenario in which President Biden does not run for a second term. The president's recent remarks suggest that he is no longer absolutely certain about his plans for 2024, which has left his top aides and potential candidates uncertain. And considering a plan B option, albeit very quietly. Biden's closest advisors have been gearing up for months in anticipation of his re-election campaign. However, with the president yet to formally announce his presidency, the political world is abuzz with speculation about his plans for 2024. Now, we also had reported here that there were plans that he's asking for his campaign to be out of Wilmington because it's too hard for him to campaign somewhere else. But... They're going to have a hard time getting people excited about going to Wilmington to work on his campaign. For a man that has 81 million voters, sure seems hard for him to get support from anybody for anything these days. All right, folks, I got more uh, stories I'm seeing here that I'm tracking. Let's uh, uh, Some of them, like the Project Veritas, are developing. Let's see what happens in the next several hours. I'll be back later today with the next report. Uh, Please, in the meantime, do us a solid. If you're watching this on YouTube, just go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. That really helps us out. Uh, Don't forget that we have a sister channel on YouTube. It's called the BCP Report. Uh, Head on over there and check it out. That's where my daughter, BCP Juniorette, reports on the news. She does not do any commentary. She just gives you a report. Uh, Eight, nine, sometimes ten-minute episodes with just back-to-back news stories for you to consume. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. And uh, don't forget to check out our other show, uh, BCP Unfiltered. You can catch it over at therealbcp.com. Go over there right now, join our community for free, and watch episode 196 that I put up uh, very late last night. My conversation with uh, Lindell TV, Frank Speech, you know, Mike Lindell's uh, network, Uh, He's got a show over there, Will Johnson of Mike Lindell's TV uh, and the founder of Unite America First. Uh, We had a great conversation. Uh, Will's a friend and a fellow black sort of. uh, Check that out. You can do that over at TheRealBCP.com. You can also listen and watch it on Spotify on our show, The BCP Podcast. Uh, Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless, take care, and please continue to pray for our country. Boy, do we need the hand of providence like we've probably never needed before, at least going back to 1776. Yeah, I think that's that bad.